welcome to the Witchy Work Wishes podcast, a place to find your weekly inspiration for bringing your personal witchcraft practice into your business, work, and office. Welcome to Witchy Work Wishes. I am your host, Charlene, and you're joining me today for episode number nine, The Shopkeeper's Bell. Before I begin with today's podcast, I always like to start things off with three things I did over the weekend to help with my witchcraft practice. Okay, remember last week when I mentioned having an interaction back on our full November moon? Well, here are the details. And if anyone listening can give me some guidance, I would love the help. So back in early November, we had a full moon and a full lunar eclipse. And that specific Tuesday ended up being such a special day and night since it was uh, stormy in my area and it rained all day. I was able to grab a good amount of storm water and I used it that evening in my spell work. To backtrack a bit, I use a sleep recording app each night. And while I do look at it each morning, it's rare to never that I go back and listen to the actual recordings that it takes. It says I am sleep talking, but I know it's me saying something to my dog to get him to stop itching. <laughs> or I'm talking to one of my cats, asking them to stop looking at my face or something, right? It also says I snore. And I know it's my dog. Not that I'm above snoring, but most of my shout outs during the night are to my big German shepherd, who snores literally like an old man. <laughs> I'll post a video of him snoring on Instagram or something so you can you can hear how loud it actually gets. Anyhow, um, I just don't go back and listen to everything it records because nine out of 10 times, I know exactly what was said. I was awake and I was the one saying it. But the night after I did all of my spell work, which again had the full moon, the full lunar eclipse, and the magical storm water, the app recorded something. I don't know why, like a week later, um, but I went back to that specific night and listened to the recordings. Um, I opened up the recording of Wednesday the 9th and listened to each and every entry that it took. Of course, there was me talking to the dog, there was me talking to the cats <laughs> and lots of my dog snoring. But then there was one, one little recording around 1 a.m. that lasted for, I don't know, maybe five seconds. The app recorded two super clear knocks and then a word that is repeated twice, almost in a whisper. Oh, I don't know what the word is. I, I can't understand it. Um, along with three more knocks. The voice wasn't like happy, but it wasn't scary either. Uh, and I really don't, still still don't know what was being said. I've I played it over and over and over again to try to understand, but I, I just do not recognize the word. Um, okay, so I was completely freaked out. <laughs> so I downloaded that recording and I played it to somebody I trust. She looked up what five knocks mean. And there is a bunch of direction on this one, but it seems like it could be about significant change coming into my life. And I know that sounds kind of generic, but um, that's what our takeaway was. So I thought about possibly, you know, playing the recording on this podcast, but I don't know. 
I, I'm not going to do it. So um, if it's something you really could help me with, I'll definitely play it for you. Um, if you have any advice on this one, I would love to talk with you. I'm totally open to guidance um, on this experience. So I think to help with my personal practice, I believe I need to be more mindful and research areas of communication so I can be available and you know more prepared for something in the future if they, it, whatever it is, <laughs> reaches out again. Um, okay, the second thing I did this past weekend because Thanksgiving was officially over was to gather all of my fall and Halloween decorations that have honestly been up since August um, and box them up for the year. So I actually decorate two separate pretty big spaces. Um, one is my home and one is my office. And I am passionate about decorating both of them equally. <laughs> so there was a good amount to carefully box up. So everything is nice and safe until next August. My biggest decorating time of the year, honestly, is December. Yule and Christmas are so magical to me. And they, they literally always have been. And since the amount of boxes I needed to bring out of storage to start decorating for Yule are twice as much as what I have for fall, <laughs> my weekend was consumed with uh, transitioning everything. I honestly had quite a few moments of feeling very overwhelmed um, just by the sheer size of the tasks ahead of me. Um, but, you know, making my office and my home feel like you know, like a winter wonderland <laughs> is very important to me and I take the job of decorating quite seriously. So while fall was nicely boxed up, um, I did bring all of my winter Yule boxes out, but the decorations are not up yet. So that is still in progress, but to be continued on that one. <laughs> um, lastly, after taking my older son back to the airport on Sunday, I curled up with a new book called Waking the Witch, Reflections on Women, Magic and Power by Pam Grossman. And oh my gosh, oh my, it, if you've not read this book, I would highly recommend it. I just started and I'm already on chapter six, so I think I'm almost done. I think there's eight chapters. Um, and I'll probably look for another book by Pam Grossman after finishing it because I like her style so much. But I really like the overall history of the witch, um, honestly, to, to current times um, that this book covers. So let's see, um, moon status this week. Well, on Wednesday as this airs, our beautiful moon will be in her first quarter phase. Uh, first quarter moons are a good time to keep moving forward on the work you started with the new moon last week. Uh, it's time to put those ideas you wrote down into action. Show commitment to your goals and stay strong and determined in completing them. Okay, let's jump into today's main topic, the shopkeeper's bell. And I know I went over on my, you know, slated or drafted 30 minutes that I tried to do uh, last week, but I had so much fun talking with Kathy about essential oils that I just could not resist. Um, and I try to keep it to a range that I think everybody can listen to, maybe on their way to work. Most people can get there within 30 minutes-ish. <laughs> um, but honestly, with my older son home um, this past week, I was not able to freely work on this podcast like I normally do. So I have not come out of the broom closet uh, to him yet, but I would suspect he would not be surprised if I did. <laughs> he has always been very supportive of me and how I live, uh, but that said, I kept the house pretty tame for him being home and just didn't get the chance to record a big session this time. So this week will be a little bit shorter 
Um, and I have the shopkeeper's bill broken down into three main areas. The first one is a quick history of the bell you know, in general. And then I've got bells and witchcraft. And then of course, using bells at your office. So the word bell means to roar or make a loud noise. And bells go way back with the first coming from an archeological site in China back in the third millennium BC. And these first original bells were actually made of pottery. Uh, later, the bells were made of metal and have been found in dig sites going back to 2000 BC. And it looks like the bells during the Shang Dynasty, which is like 1600-ish BC, were found on the collars of dogs and the reins of horses and were used in you know, more like subservient uh, type tasks. By uh, medieval times, though, bells were used a bunch, mainly by churches and farms. The churches used bells to call people together, um, to show celebrations for like weddings and gatherings, and churches used them to scare evil spirits away. The farms used bells on their livestock and dogs, you know, mainly to keep track of where they were on the property. I mean, businesses use them too on their shop's front door, thus the shopkeeper's bell, <laughs> uh, mainly to keep evil spirits out and also let the owners know when someone came in. When the iron bells came about, it was believed that iron scared off fairies. And by using iron in either a bell or like a horseshoe form, you could keep evil spirits out of your house or at least scare them away <laughs> by hanging the iron piece outside on the front of your door. Now, during the Roman times, bells were used as wind chimes to call to their gods by placing the bells on their fence gates and their altars. During, let's see, during the Middle Ages, um, specifically during like Samhain, when witches were known to be about, the Christians would ring their church bells to keep witches from flying over their villages. And the people of the town would also join in and make loud noises by banging pots together to help the church keep the witches away. Um, I believe church bells were also used during big lightning and thunderstorms since the Christians thought the bells were, the bells, sorry, since the Christians thought the storms were the work of demons and the ringing of the bells would help keep the evil spirits away. Um, doctors would also use bells when someone in the village was sick, and they would tell the people to ring the bells in their home to clear the air of the illness. So really, the chime of the bell has been believed to hold magical and spiritual powers for a very long time. And bells have always been a sign of protection in some form and fashion. Now, bells and witchcraft are extremely powerful and used for their sounds and protection, just like they have been since, well, from the beginning. Um, bells, um, specifically witches' bells, are a true staple in most witchcraft practices. And while they are certainly beautiful to look at, and of course come in many shapes and sizes, the intention of protection still stands true in our practices today. In addition to using bells for protection, they can be used for uh, purification, for cleansing, and for celebration. 
It has been noted in um, Judica Isle's book, Encyclopedia of Witchcraft, that a bell represents a female and the chime represents a male, or the bell is like a, wo a woman's womb and the chime is like a child within. Uh, witches' bells are usually small to medium in size, and you can typically hold one in your hand, um, and are hung on the front doorknob inside the home. But they can be hung anywhere you want to ward off negativity. They can be very decorative and elaborate with other items and charms tied to the bells, or they can be simple and plain with just the, you know just the actual bell um, hung. Either way, witches' bells are powerful and a great protector of negative energy. There are many ways to use a witch's bell too. I'm not just hung on the front door. Um, and there are different types of witch's bells that you can make specifically for things like healing, protection. Of course, we mentioned uh, cleansing. Um, for You can use it for balance, to invoke the elements, and for energy. Uh, witch's bells can be hung on cabinets, certainly hung on altars. Um, I personally have some hanging from my bedside lamp along with a couple of feathers and some rosemary to help with my nightmares. <laughs> um, you can hang them from your cat or dog's collar. This is especially helpful on cats if you have an indoor-outdoor kitty as it will help alert birds and you know other things that the cats prey on that they are near. Um, you can attach them to your farm animals' collars or harnesses. You can use the witch's bells to start one of your rituals, of course, or when you begin your spell work. Um, witch's bells can be used to call the deities. Um, they can be used on the fence gate of your home to alert when the gate door is opened. And of course, they can be used in your office on the front door uh, for both protection and announcement of clients or customers coming in. Witch's bells can be used in fertility spells since, of course, the bell itself represents or can represent the male and female uh, parts, as well as the female and baby in the womb. Um, bells can be worn on your body and, of course, rung when dancing to raise energy. You can hang witch's bells in your car to protect you from bad luck and the evil eye. <laughs> and you can hang them from a tree branch outside to call to the fairies. Uh, just be sure you are not using an iron bell, as fairies do not like iron. Um, okay, let's see. Uh, bells at the office. So for my specific office, I do have a shopkeeper's bell on my front door. I find it's a very inconspicuous way to protect us um, from bad energy and keep the evil spirits out. Um, it also is a great way for us to be alerted to someone walking in. <laughs> and I don't get any comments on it either, other than maybe it being loud and sounding like Yule every time it rings. Um, so it's it really is in keeping with my theme at work of, you know, no religion or spiritual connotations. Um, the witch's bell on my front door blends in and does not look witchy. Now, with Yule decorations going up, I'll soon have bells everywhere in my office. <laughs> and we'll be able to put my intentions into each of them. And again, this will not cause alarm to anyone since bells in general are a normal part of Christmas decorations. Um, if your office is not big on Yule and Christmas decorations, though, you may still be able to have something at your desk. And if you are in the broom closet like me, 
you can add a nice holiday bow to it and no one will be the wiser. Okay, so I have a personal story to share about bells and how significant the Yule Bell has become to me over the years. As we enter into December this week, and you know, of course this podcast is specifically about bells, I think this story fits perfectly for today's episode. A little history first, I have never been a religious person, um, even going back to being a small child. I you know, remember telling my grandparents who were very Catholic um, that they were trying to make me believe something that was not true. And that was back when I was like four years old. Um, it didn't go over well, <laughs> but I said what I said, and I believed, uh, I believed it even back then. Um, I was not raised with a religion, nor did I raise my two boys with a religion. I always talked about uh, Mother Earth to them and, you know, believing in an energy and telling them we are all connected somehow. Of course, this train of thought sustained me for a long time before knowing how just about everything I was doing was considered witchcraft, <laughs> which I later thankfully just gave in to. Um, but in raising my boys, we celebrated Christmas in full, like all out every year. We just didn't have anything religious tied to it. So back when they were, um, gosh, I think probably like four and six, uh, their aunt was going through a very difficult time, um, which in later years ended in suicide. Um, and she had a really big meltdown around Easter time, uh, telling her kids and mine that the Easter bunny was not real. Of course, naturally, what is going to be the normal train of thought with a four and six-year-old? Well, if the Easter bunny is not real, is Santa Claus real? In a matter of seconds, all of the gift-giving mythical holiday icons were wiped out and my two boys wept. They were visiting their father at the time who lived in a different state and with everything just ripped apart from what they knew to be true, they just wanted to come home to mom. Once home, I did my best to console them and reassure them that Christmas was going to be just as magical and special as it had always been. That, you know, nothing had changed on our end and this upcoming holiday was going to be the best ever. And boy, did I go all out on that one. Um, I still had gifts that said from Santa, which honestly, I continue to this day, even though they're now in their 20s. <laughs> um, I also do not put any any presents out until everyone goes to bed. Waking up on Christmas morning to presents under the tree is a tradition I will always hold close to my heart and will continue to do until I can continue no more. <laughs> so on that special year though, I knew it was going to be a hard one. On Christmas Eve, as we were snuggled in our jammies on the couch, we watched the movie Polar Express for the first time. Little did I know the tradition that had just begun that very evening and what it would mean to me years later. The next Christmas came and I knew I wanted to watch the Polar Express again on Christmas Eve. This time though, I wrote a card to each of my boys and one to my mom and punched out a word on a piece of paper, just like the ticket in the movie, <laughs> for each of them. My older son got the word trust. My younger son got the word believe and my mom got the word beauty. I also wrapped a bell for each of them and handed them the small gifts uh, before the movie started. I have done this exact same thing every Christmas Eve ever since. 
And every Christmas Eve, I cry. (laughs) Not because I am sad, but because the bell means so much to me about believing in the magic of the holidays. The bell represents my love for my boys and my love for my family and how I will always believe in them. At the end of the Polar Express movie, uh, Tom Hanks' character says, and I quote, At one time, most of my friends could hear the bell, but as the years passed, it fell silent for all of them. Even Sarah found one Christmas that she could no longer hear its sweet sound. Though I've grown old, the bell still rings for me, as it does for all who truly believe. End quote. To me, the bell will always ring, not only at Christmas and Yule, but literally throughout the year. I know what I believe to be true, and the magic of the holidays will always be a part of who I am and what I like to celebrate. I personally like bells all around me. From my shopkeeper's bell on my office door that chimes loudly to protect me and my employees, to the witch's bells I have at home all year long that chime to keep me safe. Well, okay, I don't know if I did the shopkeeper's bell justice today. (laughs) And I know this was a quick one. But outside of all the personal notes, it is a brief history on the bell itself. And then a little bit about witch's bells in particular. I do have a small poem I wrote for you today. And oh my gosh, guess what? (gasps) It's about bells. Shocking. Okay, here it is. (laughs) Sing to me, my beautiful bell, of how protection is your spell. Cast it wide around my space to cover all who's in this place. I'll ring you once, I'll ring you twice to call the gods for their advice. Oh, sing to me your pretty chimes and in return, I'll write your rhymes. Twice is good, but ring once more. Your bells will chime two, three, and four. I'll dance with you in your beautiful sound. Forever faithful, my heart is bound. My witch's bell hangs on my door and rings for me forevermore. She sings and chimes her nightly spell. I trust and believe in my beautiful bell. Well, that is all I have for you this week. I know it was a quick one. Um, As always, though, if you have something you would like me to research more and possibly do a podcast episode on, please zip me an email to info at witchyworkwishes.com. I promise to email back just as quick as I can. Or, you know, shoot me a message on Instagram. I hope you enjoyed this quick episode on the Shopkeeper's Bell. I have my, or I will have my December uh, podcast list up on my website this week. I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving last week and you are enjoying the end of November just as much as I am. I'll talk with you next week. Thank you for joining me today at Witchy Work Wishes, a place to find your weekly inspiration for bringing your personal witchcraft practice into your business, work, and office. For more information and additional content, please visit me online at witchyworkwishes.com. If you want to send me a personal note, please email me at info at witchyworkwishes.com. And of course, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook. Just search for Witchy Work Wishes.